the other three amigos podcast with Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins, and Declan McCormack. Three lads, one podcast. Welcome along. It is a Toe Tap special, Toe Tap Talks, and we've got the main man himself. It is our supreme leader, Declan Carey, chairman. All hail Carey, lovely free merchandise. Win the league, shout acknowledge me. It's a full in first, you like it? Damien. I was going to yes. sing along to that and all, Damien, I know it so well. Uh, yes, Wayne. We, we didn't do our usual... Um, oh, I know, we've done the hellos first, I just wanted to get No, 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 no. The, 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 what we do is you're not song. Oh, I know, I know, yeah. but see, we can't really show them because, you know, we all could... Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're joined myself. Hello, it's you, Wayne Mullins. Evening, lads, how are we? Evening to you, Declan McCormack. Mr. Shreenan and Supreme Leader, sir, how are we? And, of course, the Supreme Leader, Declan Carey. Hello to you. Mr. Shreenan, how are you, sir? You look at I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> uh, right, thanks for joining us. I suppose um, we there's a few questions, just just a couple, uh, that we'd maybe try to get through. And, um, you know, let's, let's, let's just get straight into it. Firstly, are you going to pay HR for your blue tick on Twitter? I had a conversation with the wife about this the other night, if it fits into her budget now that we're married, like, and, you know, essential expenses only these days. But I just think to it's keep an the whole expense. You know, to keep the whole thing. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that kind of stuff doesn't happen, Damien, to be honest. Like, us us blue tickers, like. Yeah, just find the club. Of there, there's genuine blue tickers out there that, you know, are going to be oh, very blue hard. Blue tickers is a name from actually yeah. blue tickers. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Wayne, go launch a grenade. Hi, Techie. How are you? How are you, Wayne? How's it going? Uh, not too bad. I might as well start off with what everyone wants to know. Like, we've no sponsor, no players, no manager, no takeover. What's happening? Tell the tell the fans. Ah, uh, well, I suppose more recently, Wayne, we've spent most of our time celebrating the uh, first division victory and winning the league. Um, monumental occasion. All is not as as negative as you may portray it there with your questions. Um, I'll try and tackle them one at a time anyway if you want to go into each one. Um, uh, but look, no yeah, look at Yeah. Um, very interesting <laughs> developments on that in uh, in, in recent weeks. Um, we had been chatting to, I'd probably say, six or seven potential sponsors. Um, I'm very confident that one will be confirmed in the very near future. Um Look, it's at this stage, Wayne, it's about getting the best possible deal for the club. Um, we're not going to rush into it. And there is a couple of interested parties and we're weighing it up and seeing which one is the best fit for the club as well. Uh, that's very important. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, I know, obviously, you know, we, we can't communicate things like this. And, you know, it, it's good to be as transparent as we possibly can be. But we can't be putting out statements or, you know, the statement we put out last week and name companies and say we're very close to this or that because these things are can be quite volatile too. Like there was actually one partner we were close to signing a couple of months back, um, well before the season ended. And look, they had uh, unfortunate circumstances with their own business and had to withdraw. But, you know, these things happen. Um, so it was something that we, we thought was done and dusted many, many months ago. But look, say la vie and... Um, 
we're we're in, we're in good shape in that front anyway. I'd expect a confirmation and announcement pretty soon. Uh, no manager, no players. <laughs> a lot of clubs have no players win as well, such as the nature of the League of Ireland um, and you know the forty-week contracts and such. Um, look uh, again, won't go into too much detail on the the manager situation, but very positive um, progress made on that as well in in the last week or two. And you know, look, we we hope that. By the time this podcast airs, we'll have um, you know some some good news for fans and supporters, and you know everything else will lead from there. Yeah, again, <laughs> would like to say d- don't worry about it, but you know, uh, again, d- d- things are moving very uh, very positively in that front, and you know we we get on very well with Colin, great relationship with him, and um, we just have to make sure that everything's sorted to his satisfaction and ours, and you know once that once that happens, I'm sure. Um, we'll make a, an announcement in the again. Do, do, very, do very you have time. a do you have a sign there on your window that says saying Colin? It says Cam C A L M. Look at Colin from here. Yeah, with my uh, my regular full time job and being involved in CCFC, my uh, my wife thought it'd be a good <laughs> addition to my office yeah. slash spare bedroom here to you know keep me grounded. Very right, nice. uh, that's all the questions I'd say. That's well, uh, we're, we're, I'm not take over. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah, just making sure. Uh, no takeover. What's the crack there? What happened? In... Yeah, oh, it, unbelievably disappointing win. To be honest, um, we're like you, you know, <laughs> waiting to be taken over by a potential billionaire. Um, <laughs> very disappointed, especially after the the years that have gone into it, and you know all the work that we've put in in the background. It's it's very disappointing. Um, some some board members in particular like spend so much effort and time in this uh, particular project as you as you will as it was called but um ultimately look at grovemore gave us that news uh in a in a meeting we had last week and um i know there was many rumors building up to that meeting which i'm not sure where they came from to be honest but yeah it was look we had to get a statement out there to to let all fans know what the situation was and yeah it is very disappointing but look the circumstances just with that takeover have just changed so dramatically since we initially signed it and look hindsight's great you can look back and say, you know, should we have done this? Should we have done that? If I still had my time back, I still would have signed the same agreement, even with hindsight in mind. It was either that or no club, to be honest, or not get a license and be potentially wound up. And we t- we took that right decision. And look, things happened. Mr. Hemming sadly passed away. And now the, his estate is um, left to three uh, executors. It's it's an extremely complex situation. Like if me, like if me or you died in the morning, um, unexpectedly, you know, there, it would probably take a year or more to sort out our, you know, affairs and and whatnot. Um, could imagine how complex that is with the amount of businesses and everything else that Grovemore has has interest in. But yeah, look, it's a very difficult one, and we're now dealing with different individuals that you know may uh, obviously they've taken that decision to not take over the club. Um, look, from my understanding, in the very early stages of this, Mr. Trevor Hemmings, he was. Um, very much willing to do it. I remember a, a date that he was booked in to come to Cork and meet all of us and get a tour of Turner's Cross and visit Bishopstown. And if, like, I, if COVID didn't happen, I think that deal would have been wrapped up by maybe that summer or the end of end of the season when the licensing period opened in 2020. But it didn't happen. And then, look, he said he very sadly passed away, and it was extremely unfortunate for everyone, his family, friends, but of, of course us as well. It, impacted the situation and 
look, it led us to this uh, this this situation we're in now, and yeah, it's very unfortunate, very disappointing win, but we just have to get on with it. No, it's it's, it's it is what it is. Um, we're in a difficult situation with the takeover not happening, and I'd much rather it did happen. But look, we've 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 gotten through worse situations. I'd say that much anyway. That ourselves as a board, and we're we're very confident that we can steer the, the club in the right direction. I've, I was always adamant that if Grovemore didn't uh, take over, the best people to run the club was was us six. So we'll we'll keep things going, and we'll keep things uh, taking over. And you know, ultimately, it's. It's a situation as well where we need to make some challenging decisions now going forward because, look, we're not in the position we were in at the start of 2020. We're in a very positive financial position. We're not desperate for cash to keep the business afloat like we were at the start of 2020. And, you know, we do have a bit of a more um, stronger bargaining position as well with potential investors. But I guess we need to discuss this with shareholders at the next general meeting or AGM Um what, what what options we want to they want us to pursue as a board and we'll you know always go with the members' wishes but obviously there are certain things still at play with the Crowmore situation but you know it's not as um, it's not as negative as it, as it may be perceived by some. Okay, nice. I only have nine more questions, but I'll hold them for later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose just just on the Crowmore one, there has been a lot of. Um, a lot of uh, people wondering: uh, Are they looking for their money back? The hundred fifty thousand. Can't put a figure on it, Damien. To be honest, um, that's you know, if you were a, a potential interested investor, I suppose you might be privy to those details. But um, yeah, look, they made a, a, a huge financial contribution to the club in a number of ways. Look, they gave us. That money that gave them the call option um, vote, and they, you know, bought the sell-on clauses for Sean McGuire and Alan Brown, and much is reported on that. But it was a significant, excuse me, a significant sum of money. And look, they were the only show in town at that stage. They saved the club forever. Grateful for that. And the last time I was on, I kind of went into that in depth as well. I won't won't repeat myself, but like I guess the club now is in a much healthier position, and they're hugely responsible for a large chunk of that um, positive position that we're in and looks strictly business speaking what would you do I guess that's all I can say really Mm. on it Declan yeah look um, just to continue on the Grovemore team like from what you've said there Deck, it's clear to me now that Grovemore do want either some of their money or all of their money back, particularly what was spent on purchasing the option. That's a big change from what we previously heard from them via the board of management, that they would not hold on to the option beyond this year. And that if they didn't execute it, they would hand it back to the club, et cetera, et cetera. So like, what is the, like, what is the current position? Because to me, Forest own the club, but they're almost like de facto owners because Grovemore have this option no holding hanging over us. They clearly want money back out of it. How much you said you're not willing to say, and that's fair enough. We understand that. But like, who's going to invest in Cork City under those terms realistically when there's a third party just sitting there going, we actually hold all the power here because, you know, we can basically block any investment or we can say we're only going to deal with this crowd we're not going to deal with that crowd or they can go away even though they have said they won't i presume they can now go away and sell the option to somebody else 
And we're now in a position where they have said previously they won't sell the option, but they've also said previously that they'll do X, Y, and Z, and they haven't done any of those things. So them saying that they won't sell the option now basically means absolutely nothing to me and to other people. So, like, we're kind of stuck in limbo, and Grovemore are just sitting there, and they're not talking to anybody. They've never addressed City fans in three years via any medium and i'm not saying this should be on this podcast even though i've asked peter ridgedale 150 times to appear like they, they need to communicate with city fans through some medium either show up at a forest meeting talk to the echo talk to the examiner talk to the independent talk to somebody talk to bloody prenderville on 96f or red fm or wherever he is these days but there's nothing from them and it's just i don't know it's it's frustrating again I agree with you, Deck, and you know I actually think something like that would help considerably. Um, you know I think us paraphrasing messages on their behalf for the last couple of years, it's it's been a frustrating one for supporters and forest members. And like, look, we still have a good relationship with them. It's still you know very positive. Look, we we confirmed in that statement They're, they've given us a financial guarantee for the next season as well, and that's immensely helpful for us. It allows us to take a certain element of risk that you know we wouldn't be able to do if we didn't have that guarantee um not risks such as you know running up huge revenue bills and coming up with payment plans with the with the folks up in limerick but like you know potential risks that we might make a small loss in 2023 or whatever you know so things like that but not anything that would worry shareholders of of the significant regard but yeah like it's it's hugely helpful but i i agree with you like it's 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 a unbelievably frustrating and Look, to, to say, are they de facto owners? They're not. Like, they don't decide who the manager of the club is. They're not deciding who's on the front of our jersey. They're not deciding whether we, you know, sign a kit partnership with Sport Bachman. They're not involved in any of those conversations. And ultimately, we still make all the key decisions at the club. Poor Ralph. Jeez. Like... <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Look, I know they're. I know they're not, Dick. But yeah, at the so, same time, like, yeah, I know that's right. But it, it, it is what it is, Dick. To be fair, like ultimately, would we? Would I like to be in this position? No. But look, again, it goes back to the call option agreement, and it was signed in an extremely pressurized situation. Did we think it would play out like this? No one could have predicted it. Like it's just you couldn't. What what can we do? Can you know? Could we could we call their bluff and say we're going to take them to court and try and get rid of the option and take. Like, who's going to pay for that? The forest membership fees? Like, take from the front to short sponsorship money? Well, we, we, we've got kind of experience in legal issues, so, you know, you always got to deal with it. I wouldn't believe any of that malarkey, lads. You're grand. Uh, so, forest reopened last Tuesday. Good response? Unbelievable, Damien, yeah. Like, we, we, we left all applications on pending approval, you know, as per forest rules, we have to give everyone the kind of final sign up. Just, I don't think anyone into we. Some one of us volunteered to approve the new memberships before we announced it, and like, like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And <laughs> the amount of emails that came in, it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant response. Uh, and I saw a great response on Twitter as well from city fans saying, like, you know, join forest and and get behind the club, and uh, it was great to see. Um, but look, yeah, it's. Ultimately, every little helps now in this, uh, you know, hugely challenging 2023 that we're going to have ahead of us. So, yeah, thanks to everyone who has signed up. And if we haven't approved your uh, membership yet, it's a, it's a work in progress. We should have everyone approved that signed up this week by uh, by, by the weekend anyway. So, yeah, all good. And then the 
surge will hopefully drop a little bit. But yeah, it's great to see. Great to see. Yeah, sorry, I just want to back up because I wasn't finished with the Grovemore stuff yet, to be honest with you, you know, before you took it off in the forest tangent. Sorry, okay. Um, okay. No, I just wanted to ask you, Dick, like, so you're frustrated that the, the, the takeover hasn't happened, you're like the rest of us, but how do you see the next year, next two years, next three years panning out now? Because obviously you guys are out there looking for investment, yep. but any investment has to be in inverted commas approved by Grovemore or you have they have to do a yep. deal with Grovemore for, you know, and pay Grovemore oh, yeah. and whatnot. And it just seems like a bit of a a shit show, to be honest with you, for the want of a better phrase. And it's very hard to see investment coming into the club under those circumstances, but we all know that without investment, we can't compete in this Premier Division. Shamrock Rovers are losing a million quid a year. Derry have a billionaire owner now. You know, Dundalk are doing X, Y, and Z. So we'll yeah. logically be scraping to stay alive in the division, and then that has its own knock-on effects with low attendances and people giving out and, you know, <coughs> yeah. players not signing and the rest of it. And it's just like I look at the future of the club and I go... What is it? Because with Grovemore sitting there in the position they're in, not talking to anybody, not to, like if they really wanted to help us, and this was the other thing, the statement we put out, and we, there's a part of that statement makes a big deal about, you know, the backstop and the money. It was almost like we're doing PR for Grovemore and making them sound as good as we possibly can. Well, it's none of business whether they're you know, good owners or bad owners or whatever. And, and, and I'm just, I'm getting frustrated now again because I struggle to see where the club goes over yeah. the next three or four years in the situation that we're currently in. And it really worries me because these boys have moved the goalposts and they've moved them big time from, we'll give back the option, we won't keep it beyond this, to now we want money for the option. And that's a massive, that's a huge turnaround. And then I, now I worry about what else are they going to turn around um, and say and do over the next two or three years. Cause, and I understand you, and you're correct, and I still would vote to sell them the club yeah. in the circumstances at the time, because that was the circumstances at the time. Those circumstances have now changed, yeah. and, and, and everything is different. So now we need to figure out what do we do from here on in, and how do we do it? And I think trust is gone in Grovemore, and the longer they stay quiet, the, the, the more people are just going to go, not these boys like, you know? For the want the better phraseology, I guess that because you're saying, look, I agree with you again, unbelievably frustrating. But look, you're saying there, I think you started off with like who'd, who'd engage with Grovemore to kind of potentially look to have them surrender their option. And you know, there's been interest already, um, since we've put out that statement. Now, obviously, like how strong is the interest and is it valid? And you know, we have to do our due diligence on it and like you know. Grovemore have had people contact them as well, and they've kept us up to speed on all of those occasions so far when when things like that have happened. Is there some, like, I, I can't remember, did I read a report that a team at the top of the Premier Division was valued at something like 78 million? Now, I know they're in Europe and in, in this kind of thing, but, like, if a company wants to take over Cork City FC and, like, you see the... the five and a half thousand people at our last game, 6,000 at the game before that, multiple sellouts this year... You know, if a, if a company or a business or an individual can't see the potential that this club has and isn't willing to, you know, it's not enormous money, I'd imagine, that Grovemore would be looking at for, you know, surrendering their option. If they didn't have something like that or weren't willing to do that anyway, and from what Grovemore tell us, it would be a pretty straightforward negotiation. 
if someone's not willing to do that, I wouldn't want them owning Cork City FC, to be honest. I don't know how anyone else feels on it, like, but like at the end of the day, like Grovemore, the only ent- like we went looking for money back at the start of 2020 and we were shunned away. The company at that time, I'd imagine, with the debts it had and all of the issues wasn't worth very much, but look at it now, like it, it, it very much is. It's an attractive proposition. I don't think it's, you know, I know you like to say like it's, it's you know, we're not going to be able to compete at the Premier Division. We have to remember again, like we're recovering from a like very, very challenging four years financially and COVID and behind closed doors and being a fan-owned club and not having a, you know, a, a millionaire owner like the other clubs do in the Premier Division, like Pats, Drahada, Shells, you know, Dundalk, as you said, Rovers. Like it's been a difficult couple of years, so we're not going to launch back up to the top of the Premier Division like we were in 2017. And if we did that, we'd cripple the club. We could take a gamble again, like was done previously, and you know, roll the dice and hope that the crowds keep coming and that you know, we sign players that keep us at the top of the division. But we have to make sensible decisions now. At the end of the day, I know we won the first division, but like, you know, we we finished first in a nine-team division. There was still nine or ten teams ahead of us in the Premier Division. Look, there's going to be changes in the divisions now with teams relegated, promoted, and I, I, I'm confident we'll be competitive in the position where I expect us to be next year and, and, and Colin expects us to be, and we'll make sure that the expectations are set right. And we absolutely need the support of the fans and Forest members to be patient with this as well. Like, we're, we're not going to launch ourselves back up, but, you know, I, th- I, th- I think okay. patience will be key next year. Like, we're going to have a group of young Cork lads again, you know, and we can't have a kind of a meltdown scenario where we're panicking just because of this Grovemore thing. Like it's, you know, we've had this Grovemore thing hanging over us since the start of 2020, I suppose, and the club's been on an upward trajectory ever since. And we we okay. hope to continue okay. that as well. I'm confident we will. Okay. One question. Sorry, one second. Um, if if investor comes in and wants to take over for us, do you need to get another vote passed by the members? Current structure of the company, you would win, yeah. Yeah. So if they went to Grovemore, they don't. Well, look, it depends on how the legalities of that would work. Like, but okay. yeah, as of now, Grovemore the only company that has the sale option agreement to take over uh, Cork City FC. They they wouldn't be taking over for us either. And just to be clear, like it's company structure sorry, yeah. and all the stuff. But I meant yeah, the club. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. We'd be basically the way it would work legally is we'd be you know forfeiting the right to apply for a license as Cork City FC. Um, and a different company would apply for the license. Uh, Does that mean so any money yeah. that we have in Forest they can't get, or is it all one? It's all one. Okay. All right. Everything that the club brings in all goes into one company entity at the moment, Friends of the Rebel Army Society Limited. Can you, can you split You could, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, everything's on the table. And, then, you know, I, I would hope, like, based on the conversations we'd have at Grovemore, that, you know... <laughs> It'd be, uh, you know, something that we can look at and, you know, Forrest would still be there afterwards as a, as a legal entity. So, yeah, won't speculate on it because it'll be held to this. This is going to be recorded and pushed out to the millions and millions of podcast millions. listeners. I, I'm just going to ask one more on question on Grovemore and I'm going to leave it sit then. All right. I'm just going to leave it sit then. When you sit down, you talk to Grovemore, deck. Or when you sit down as a board and you talk to Grovemore, how can you sit there and believe what they're telling you when they have gone back on their word on more than one occasion and already? You know, 
And and that to me is a big thing. How can you trust what Grovemore are telling you when already they have neglected and gone back on promises that they have previously made? I guess that like it works like any partnership really at this stage. Um, and look, again, have to remind you like they have given us a guarantee of funds as well that's gone into our licensing application to the FEI again for next year. So like, you know, there is still a good relationship there and. I don't want to damage that whatsoever. But look, yeah, look, you're right. Things have not played out to the intention that all parties wanted them to at the start of 2020. That's an absolute fact. And, you know, hopefully things work out for the best uh, and, and I'm confident that they will. And, you know, something will happen in the next couple of months. And when we meet the members at the next AGM, we'll have some interesting conversations and we'll, we'll take it from there. All I can urge everyone to do is just, you know, Stay, stay patient, and I, I understand it's been extremely frustrating. I'm, jeez, I'm even more frustrated. Was hoping that this takeover would okay, be done I'm... long, long ago, and I could ride off into the sunset. And you know, unfortunately, that doesn't hasn't happened. But I'm still here, ready to put my hands on the wheel and 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 fight for the cause, um, such as the members mandated me to do five years ago. So, okay. Uh, can I just ask, am I correct in saying that any change of ownership can only take place <laughs> during the off-season when a new license application is going in? Yeah, it would have to be a new license application, yeah. yeah. We might do something with Forest and how the company structure is done to allow something like that to be done in a more streamlined fashion and not limit us to those licensing windows. We, we had a few ideas of that and have to, had discussions with Sean O'Connell and discussed with members a few times over the years on how we would would do that. And that's something we're definitely going to look at. It involved like basically setting up like a new limited company for the football club, which Forrest would own. And then, you know, that would apply for the license. And then it would just be a case of you could do something like that. So, but uh, uh, unfortunately, the structure of the club is set up at, at the moment is not ideal for situations like that. Um, and that's not any slide it all on the you know the honorable group that set up for us back in you know 2008 and took over the club it was never intended to be owners of a football club and they had to apply for the license in an origin situation and you know but look we'll we'll try and fix that um and make it as as straightforward as possible okay let's try, just try and lighten on the small bit so champions God, first it. division how would you rate the season? I mean, is this what you wanted at the start of the season? You know, how does it feel? Do you feel vindicated for the last couple of years? You know, has it all gone to plan? Wayne looks like there was a, a tune about to play there or something. I thought he was going no, to do it's, a it's, dance. No, it's your fingers pointing up. Oh, yeah. It's it's one finger, Wayne, straight <laughs> up Sorry. to the sky. Straight yeah. up the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, unbelievable year, Damien, to be honest. Um my my most enjoyable year as chairman anyway except for the time you were on the board obviously that was that was pretty fun as well oh, but um obviously. but yeah look it was unbelievable um the year just got better as it went on Damien like it was a unbelievable start of the year on the pitch and I remember the result up in Galway where uh you know we won one nil with 10 men on un- unbelievable night and you know th- things just pushed on from there and great results great memories for fans um, the season seemed to have everything, like there were so many talking points all throughout the year and unbelievable to see, uh, you know, Keen Coleman, uh, local lad here, you know, lift the trophy, uh, just unbelievable. A, a guy that was involved in, in, in the 2020 season as well, like, and just vindication for him and Colin as well, who came in and took over at the end of that season as well on an interim basis and then brought the club back with 
a lot of academy lads that he had developed over the years as well. Like fantastic story. Like I, I, I hope someone writes a book about it someday. Um, it's just a brilliant, brilliant tale and um, unbelievable season. And yeah, to get the trophy in, in my own hands and personally speaking, just to bring it up to my mother's house uh, the day after we won the league was just unbelievably emotional moment. Like she's, she's probably been the unheard secret seventh board member giving me uh, agony and advice there on a, on a Saturday after, after every game. So yeah, unbelievable, uh, unbelievable moment, but look, it's a, uh, Hard work starts from here and I was well planning for 2023, but yeah, great year, great year. And you got a lot of stick, we say, going back to, we say, when John Coffey left and stuff. How does it feel, you know, to have him below? Oh, the, the sound of silence, Damien. I, 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 can't, I can't see any of this stuff anymore. Like, it's amazing. My Twitter feed is, like, they're, they're gone. I, I tried to expose a couple of them a couple of weeks ago and <laughs> silence and I tried to know. Yeah, it's, Amazing how 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 times change and you know, yeah. I'm I'm delighted to be on the right side of history anyway. That's for sure. And uh, I wish all the teams competing in the playoffs at the moment the best of luck in their remaining games. Extremely challenging those playoffs, and not where I'd want to be as a as a club anyway. That's for sure. So glad to be promoted with a couple of games to spare. The third or fourth highest budget in the first division. Great achievement by Colin, the lads everyone the staff and you know looking forward to the remaining games in the playoffs and uh wish all the teams the best of luck and just just on i suppose a kind of negative side the, the flares and stuff this year how much was the club fined for all that yeah it's gone into the thousands this season damien um can't remember the figure off the top of my head but yeah um it's cl- close to 10k at the moment i think closer to that anyway with all the recent incidents uh, uh, at games now they're again infrequent i would say especially in the latter half of the season when we did release a statement on this and asked for you know a bit of calmness and we, look we understood the situation first season where fans are fully back into the ground everyone's excited you know that huge win there away to bray um still don't understand why guys are running onto the pitch when we're winning six nil like you know dylan dylan mcglade lobbed the keeper like hmm. so look great moment but like i, I um but look yeah the you know running onto the pitch and you know this kind of thing like it just it can't happen next season like every penny counts next year like i can't stress that enough like i, I think you said it in the podcast there like with the amount of fines like that we were, we were up to like five or six k at that time and you, you made a point that like that's that's like yeah. a wage for a good player for the rest of the season like for 16 weeks or 17 weeks or whatever was left and it's spot mm. on like it, you know, obviously, it's just I, I can't get my head around it, and I yeah. I get it. I get it. Big moments like the goal going in up in uh, Eamon DC Park when you know we went one 0 up against Galway there with a few games to go, and you know, big goals like that, big moments like I get it. Like emotions run wild, and I was a fan myself, and I was in those singing sections, and you know, allegedly might have held the flare once or twice before, but like that was a long, long, long time ago, <laughs> and. Uh, like you know, it just, it just can't happen. The, f- the fines are too big, and they're, they're impacting the club, and it's, it makes our life extremely difficult. Like we've cash flow projections and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, every time we see a flare go set off pointlessly and thrown onto the pitch and damaging an opposition team's pitch, and the refs suspending the game and stuff like that, like it just can't happen. So go to the games, enjoy yourself, have a few drinks, meet up with your buddies, 
sing, slag the other team, slag the other players, whatever, do whatever you want, go into the family enclosure, go into the corner, have a laugh. That's what it's all about. Like, that's why we all love the League of Ireland. Um, but, you know, stay within the boundaries, please. <laughs> right, so let's just say what next year finance is going to be a bit tougher with four. What's going to be the aim, I suppose? Like, what what, what are you looking for, like, achieving-wise in the league? Where, where, where are you hoping to hit next year? I would say, that, like, well away from the relegation spots as far as we possibly can anyway, Damien, that's for sure. Like, um, you know, obviously it's going to be challenging for any newly promoted team. It's, it happens in every division all, all across the world. Um, and look, we, we're confident with the, the budget that we put together that we'll be very competitive next year with, with those teams in the, in the bottom half of the table, absolutely. Uh, those teams competing in Europe with private investors were miles away from competing with them like budget-wise. But that's not to say on the pitch that you know we can't get um, a lot out of these players. We didn't have the highest budget in the first division this year by any stretch. We were, were we third favourites at the start of the year with, with all the yeah. cookies and stuff? I think so. I think it was, yeah. It's hard, yeah. To, hard to think back now because after a couple of games, those odds changed dramatically. When people saw the effort the lads were putting in, they worked their bleep off every single game and the fans could see that. Everyone could see it. That like, even if we weren't going to pick up three points in a game, it was going to be unbelievably difficult for the other team to score goals. And that was the ethos that Colin drove through the team and he told us would be the ethos at the start of the season. And... um you know, with the additions he made as well, great signings. Rory Keating, you know, mm. finished, I think he was our, our top goal scorer this season. And I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, recruit recruit well uh, going into 2023 as well and re- recruit smartly. And look, he's like any manager, really. I'm sure he wants, you know, money to compete with the likes of Shamrock Rovers and Derry and, and so forth. But look, we have to be realistic as well like and and we don't want to put the club in financial duress and 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 put us under pressure like we were a few years back to and Colin agrees with that like I think he said it himself in in various interviews the last couple of weeks too like that we can't go back to the way we were and um we need to do this patiently and progressively and um yeah I'm I'm positive about next season it's uh yeah back back with the so-called big boys as they say I said I put you on the spot deck just got a dm on twitter um, and I've had to have a look through Twitter to see what's going on. But Ian Ryan has left Wexford in the last half an hour as we speak. So I got a DM from somebody saying, seeing as Colin Healy hasn't been confirmed a city manager yet, any chance Ian Ryan ends up at Turner's Cross next year? So look, we might as well get it straight from the horse's mouth now as we sit here, you know. <laughs> Is Ian Ryan heading to Turner's Cross as he just left Wexford? I didn't even know that thing, to be honest. Like, well, what time is it now? Half seven. I finished work there at about half six. Broke the news to What's my wife. What's on Twitter now? Last again tonight, and she's very upset. But uh, yeah, nah, nah. Last twenty minutes. But, that, but he just confirmed. He just confirmed Healy was there next season. Like, did I? Breaking news. Yeah, you did. So we kind of got an exclusive there. I think, Decky. That's okay. what torture going to pick up so. on. But obviously, I was only going to pick up on no. that. I was too focused on reading Twitter about Ian Ryan and the rest of that. Quick question. Back to, it's not a Grover thing, it's a Forest thing, right? Can you tell us the reason why the membership was closed in the first place? Like, did, there's rumours around that it was because there was multiple people buying multiple accounts. The, that, that was a, a possible thing that could have happened, Wayne, allegedly. Okay. The, the, the membership was just too open. Anyone who joined was just like, yeah, you're in. 
bang, thanks for the money. Here's your here's your membership details. Um, there is a rule in Forest that every member that joins should be approved by the board. And, you know, did that always happen? I don't know. But look, ultimately, we, we just have to be extremely careful, especially with the, the call option agreement and, you know, things like that, that, you know, highly important votes that were coming up. We didn't want, you know, to downplay the role that all those existing members played in for us over the last, you know, whatever it was, uh, 11, 12 years. And we didn't want, you know, people just joining for us for a five or a month or a 10 or a month and then having a vote and the, possibly the biggest vote that for us has ever had. Um, so we made the, the decision to close off the membership. Um, now, by closing it off, we just removed all of the various sign-up methods and, you know, Ultimately, then, if anyone contacted us to join, we just wouldn't approve their membership. We had people who just, you know, sent money and said, "Here, I'm joining. Here's the 120 quid." And we just <laughs> sent it back to them. Very few and far between, like. But um, I know, yeah, unbelievable. But look, yeah, look, uh, we had our reasons. They're all very valid reasons, and we, you know, did it in the best interest of the membership to uphold the integrity of the trust, and that's obviously our one of our first major priorities, really that and keep the football club going as as best we can those would be the main two and the integrity of the trust is something that's very important to me any update in Glenmire or is that like just good as gone shovel ready but look it's an FAI project and hmm. yeah you'd have to ask them I, I know Declan gets great responses when he emails the FAI various <laughs> questions so yeah We've we've a couple of other options anyway. When like it's a uh, you know we we make do with the facilities that we have as best we can. But like um, you know I know a lot was made actually there last season about like the the women's uh, teams preseason and going from venue to venue and it was very difficult for them and stuff. But we've we've already confirmed their training base now for the entirety of preseason thanks to the work Danny Murphy's done and and Anna and and the club staff and it's all it's it's great. We're we're in a solid position for training facilities uh, as far as I can see for the short to medium term anyway obviously there's a whole bishopstone thing hanging over us as well like but you know that seems to be an ongoing year on year thing that you know we'll we'll pay very close attention to but we'll have backup plans in place anyway john paul's doing a lot of work as well in the background on various facility options and uh he kind of runs the infrastructure aspects um and uh you know great news as well signing the long-term lease with turner's cross that'll bring you know so much benefits about possibly uh, improving the stadium in various aspects and application for grants and eligibility for grants so kudos to john paul on that one um watch the space i think the dressing rooms have been done up this winter i think the ones under the shed end so, okay um i don't know if it was covered because i was just indisposed there for a second um fundraising next year it was a bit of a Bit of a, uh, are you going to input it into the budget next year? To some extent, Damien, but it's more down to just recategorizing the different things that we do, like the golf classic, like that's an annual commercial initiative. Now it's not a fundraiser. Um, things that were classed as fundraising before, like the the Corky camps that run in like midterm breaks and Easter holidays, they're not fundraisers. They're you know community initiatives and you know they they drive revenue for the club as well and get kids involved and and, and things like that there are again ongoing activities that staff are responsible for you know we'll, we'll definitely take the opportunity on fundraising events um that, that that come our way like we did the win a car one recently as well see the win a gaff one you're well aware of so we'll pounce on these things when they when they can but look we'll never be a club like 
I'll take like Sligo Rovers in terms of fundraising. Like we're just or the culture of our club and the presence of our club in Cork is vastly different to theirs. Like Cork is made up of multiple Sligos in terms of like suburbs, towns, like you know the the wider county. There's people that come to city games from Kerry, from Tip, like. We're a hugely different entity to Sligo. That's not to devalue what they are, what they're doing. They're unbelievably successful fundraising. They bring in huge revenue and they're very successful in the Premier Division. And, you know, they punch above their weight as well, which I hope we'll do as well um, next season when we're in there. And fair play to them. I'm not devaluing that at all. I'm just saying that they're a very different club to ours. And I don't think the Cork public and the wider sporting community in Cork would appreciate us fundraising in the same way that Sligo would. But there's definitely opportunities there, but in different guises. Um, but we do like like we launched so many other fundraising initiatives that you could say like as well that plug that gap. The you know the junior academy, unbelievable initiative. Like there's over two hundred kids attend on a Sunday in in Musgrave Park, and you know it's a, something that we intend to grow as well and uh, and keep going. And there's there's so many other initiatives that the club do that that raise funds, but the traditional fundraising um, that you're referring to, like, yeah, we'll we'll pounce on opportunities as they come, but we'll we'll drive revenue streams where we feel the are the best fit for the club. Um, the BOM, so there's a few stepping down. Um, where does this leave the board of man- management and for us? To disappoint many of my quote unquote supporters, anyway, I'm staying. I'm here next year, anyway. Um, I, I can't speak for the rest of the lads because look there's a few months to go until the AGM when decisions have to be made but look two board members were co-opted at the last AGM so their terms are up anyway so they'd have to run for election if they are so opt so there's a couple of board members due to finish their tenure whether they choose to run again or not look we'll we'll wait and see I hope that a few of them stay on anyway at least and uh, you know I love working with the lads and we get on great we have you know disagreements from time to time um but you know the work they've done is, is just been unbelievable i couldn't blame them for stepping down and after they finish up their terms to be honest but look it's just uh, it stresses the importance again of you know the, the next agm and forest and look new members now coming in they'll be eligible for election in in 12 months time and there's long-standing forest members there that might be interested in joining the board and if anyone is interested drop me a a message or a dm and happy to have a chat and um you know it's just it just we, we need fresh blood to be interested in joining the board and you know again wouldn't like to scare anyone off like the club's in a very good position at the moment you're not going to be involved in negotiations with the revenue or our creditors it's you know more interesting strategic negotiations we're having these days like 20-year leases on turner's cross or sport bachman or new front of shirt sponsor and, and and stuff like that so it is potentially more attractive than it would have been the last couple of years when we didn't really have anyone come forward but yeah look it's a ex- exciting um opportunity for someone i've certainly grown a lot as well over the last couple of years and everything i've learned about running a professional football club so it's a huge opportunity if someone is is interested okay let's see if anything else yeah are we deck free so deck um i'd say that like we do have loans we we kind of communicate that to the uh, forest members and give detailed financial updates on it but look we're in a very strong financial position i would say like compared to 
when I say very strong, now that's my opinion of it compared to the misery we had at the start of my tenure on the board. Yeah, look, we're in good shape. Like, you know, we have monthly repayment plans and things like that, and it's all good. They're very manageable, and it's it's in our best interest to keep those going anyway. Um, could we pay them off tomorrow? We probably could. But, you know, we have things like an infrastructure fund now for transfer income that we want to maintain. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're planning the cash flow of the club um, in, in, in the right way. And sometimes it's advantageous to have have loans and, and things like that. But, yeah, I know we're in, a, in, in good shape. Um, wouldn't have any worries that, you know, any debts are going to be called in anytime soon anyway. They're all uh, long-term agreed. Okay, cool. And have... You mentioned the infrastructure fund. So has the infrastructure fund, the rainy day fund, whatever other funds are, have they all seen money added to them over in the say in the last two years or so? Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Like there's been players uh sold. Jeez, trying to rattle them off now, like Kyle Heffernan. Um you know, there's jeez, caught me on the spot now. I I, I couldn't list them off. There's a, a few lads went to the UK young players as well and stuff like that so yeah it's a we'll give members an update at the next AGM it's uh, the infrastructure account is in, in good shape it's been good to build that up um from practically zero <laughs> over the last four years as well okay cool one for, um just one from the the forum and I won't say who's asking the questions in the forum but um, yeah, fire away, which yeah. of yeah. the total podcast which of the total podcasters do the board of management hate the most and is Damien Shreen and no ban from women's games if you are banned from women's games, Damien, yeah, consider the ban revoked. Ah, yeah. that's it. I don't know. Good. I don't know I'm if you get are that or not. Volunteer fired. <laughs> <laughs> what the column it. say, Damien? All the, you can't fire a volunteer. Barely <laughs> yeah, you can. You can, you can, but, you can um, just make it difficult for him. Yeah, which which thought happers the board hate the most? Decky always fine. Why can't you say I love the most? Like I'd, I'd say we probably probably hate you all equally. <laughs> ah, that's actually it's you Dick with your big long delays because of your broadband it's unbelievable. Or, or lack thereof like, like, do you know what I changed my mind it's you like this is driving me nuts sitting here waiting for a question like <laughs> I just sit yeah. here anyway waiting for it to happen so there's no point in talking um, and I don't know if this one answers can the present board continue to mind the club for much longer it says here I'll it's mind it as, well. as long as I possibly can. And even when I step down from the board, I'll help the club like I've done for most of my adult and teenage life. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, I, I, we will. We'll more than mind the club. We'll grow the club like we've done the last couple of years. And we'll try and grow it again next year and the year after that. And, you know, board members might change. But hopefully we've implemented enough policies and procedures that, regardless of handover of board members and such that those will be maintained and you know there's an audit risk and compliance committee now as well that keeps an eye on the board and decisions we're making and um how we're conducting our financial affairs and that's a huge huge um change of mindset and and practice of 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 the boards of us, and um it's a great thing to have and thanks to them for the time that they volunteer towards this as well they, you know, they they help us out an awful lot, and and it's a, it's a great asset to have. And um, yeah, it's a we'll we'll do more than mind it. Okay. Anything oh, else, lads? Before is have, is, is there a toe tap T-shirt? No. Behind me on the bed. Yeah. I didn't buy one. That's actually the 2023 Cork City home jersey. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. Holy, Holy shit! 
Oh, sponsorless. Hmm. It's very it's it's very green. Like the the what was the fr- like the, the, the like the, leak. the umbro one. The umbro <laughs> one. Remember with the stripes. I'll tell you what, Wayne, it was in the plastic wrapping when I took the photo and I knew someone would jump on it and be like, the colour green. It was like that was the plastic outside and it, like my phone, God. My friends always slag me like they say, like I've <laughs> for someone so techy and involved in uh, that side of things, my my phone is like a potato, like the camera on it is terrible. <laughs> so, it's, dark, it's dark green though, is it? Mm, it's, it's blue. The, exact same Pantone as this year's green. I can guarantee you that. Huh. Yeah. I'm just going to your room now a bit and see. I'd grab it and show you, but like the screenshots would just be crazy. Like, <laughs> oh, if we put our hands up like this, Prince John touch the screen. Uh, um, if, we do, if we do this, should we, this could be recorded. There's a little red it's, dot up in the top left yeah, here. Yeah, but records audio. Um, he's not going. He's just teasing us. I know, he's I just know. teasing. We us. wouldn't do that. Um, so season tickets next year. Any pricing and like that? How's it looking? What's the story with us? Yeah, we'll be uh, announcing season ticket prices and making them available for um, for purchase. Damien in the next. Uh, hopefully by the time this podcast goes out um but look yeah look i suppose just to touch on that for next year um like our uh, i think you've speculated on our ticket prices uh and things like that in the couple of podcasts that i listen to um look i listen to every single podcast so we know we know we can I just have to pretend know. i only dabble now and again but um <laughs> yeah the uh yeah look look the way it is at the moment like i think and i hope fans will understand this as well as that like you know our ticket prices have probably been the same for like the last 20 years or something like that i, I don't think it's ever gone up and look all of our suppliers especially in the last 12 months all of our bills the cost of turning the floodlights on in turners cross everything's gone up and you know we have to react to that like we're a fan-owned club and you know We'll 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 make an announcement on it and and just confirm details. There'll be opportunities as well for fans to save and you know with season tickets and various options as well. And we've we've tried to be as creative as we can on, on that front as well. But look, it's the it's the harsh reality of the situation that we're in. And um, you know we do want the club to be in as strong as position as we possibly can for 2023. And you know we'll confirm details of those. Um, and look, we just you know hope we have the understanding of the of the fans and supporters of the club. Like it just you know. As I said, it, it, it wasn't sustainable the way, way it has been. And I'm not saying there's going to be drastic increases or huge spikes or anything like that. But, you know, there, it'll be um, quite manageable, I feel. And there's still opportunities there to, to save if you're a you know, supporter that okay. plans on attending most games next year. Nice. Are the jerseys on, on time, due date? Are they ready to go? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, all good. Win. So yeah, we should have um, the away kit and last year's uh, black kit is going to become our third kit for next year. And then our new home jersey will be out just before the season launches. So we've gone slightly different nice. this year with the away one coming out for Christmas and uh, mm. the um, the home one. And we re-released the, the, the black third kit then as well with the 2023 sponsor on it as well. So yeah, that'll be there as an option if anyone wants to pick that up. So we'll have two jerseys this Christmas I guess a repeat of last year's away one as the third option the away kit coming out and um, then the home one before the season starts next year probably end of January for that and we've loads of merchandise as well I think just a lot of it just landed in the shop today and it's going to be trickling in over the, the next couple of days so get in there and check that out as well if you want to 
pick nice up some one. nice Christmas gifts for your loved ones. Nice. Thank you very much. Our supreme leader, everybody, Chairman Carey. Thanks. Thanks, I suppose. Appreciate for, it, Techie. Thanks. This. Yeah, thanks very much. And, um, supreme leader. Uh, thank you. Thanks supreme for having leader. me on, lads. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks for all the support it. you've given the club all season, especially the women's side as well, like the the um, Last Amos podcast. Unbelievable stuff. And, you know, um, Ash, no I know Danny secretly loves it as well. Like he, you know, he listens attentively as well. Um, but look, yeah, just... You know, very excited as well for the women's season next year as well. I think we spoke a lot about the men's in this in this podcast and going back to the Premier Division, but I think the women's side actually is something that's something that fans should look forward to as well. Like Danny's already looking at player recruitment. There are some possible big names that he's looking to bring in, and um, you know, I think uh, it'll be a vastly different season next year on the women's side. He'll have a full preseason with the with the girls now as well, which is very exciting. Something he you know, was disappointed about when he came in in the middle of the year. And yeah, we wish them the best of luck as well. And uh, thanks for all the coverage you're giving the, all teams, but especially the women. They deserve it. Do you know what I mean? We're all amazing and fantastic. Can we get another shot at that um, Easy Living Suite next season? Yeah, we'll win the competition. <laughs> what did you think of it? What, what did you think? Of I think the... it's amazing, but I think it needs to be open to fa- certain fans if they pay a certain fee, I think. Fans? Supporters, real fans, <laughs> mostly, like, you know. Yeah. Like, I think it's a market that you, you could hit for, for stags and birthdays. Yeah, like, uh, that that room is almost full every single game win. Um, hmm. it, it's, it's a great tool as well to use for commercial agreements and potential sponsors. There, there is packages that are sold for individual games as well. Um, if anyone is interested, reach out to Paul DC, commercial at corks.afc.ie, or you can uh, submit an expression of interest on the Easy Living page on the website. But um, yeah, it's a huge, huge benefit to the club. Fantastic facility and kudos to John Paul and the MFA and especially Easy Living, uh, the White family, like huge supporters of the club and eternally grateful. And um we hope anyone that, that does attend it enjoy it and sounds like he did as well. Um, right. Hope you had a couple of drinks in there and enjoyed the uh, the sandwiches. I heard the feedback on the ham sandwiches as a true nari deck. You know, that resonated with me when you said it. And um, yeah, you know, corned beef as well, maybe like, you know, the old corned beef sandwiches when we were in primary school. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to finish up. Thanks very David's much. David's dying um, in the corner. I am dying here. I need to go. Um, but thank you. And um all hail Chairman Carey. Thank you very much. Thank you, Supreme Leader. Bye-bye. Thanks for the acknowledgement, lads. Cheers. <laughs> the Other Three Amigos podcast with Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins and Declan McCormack. Three lads, one podcast. <laughs>